Make sure you press record. I pressed it. How dare you question me? Okay, ready? Well, we are a little rusty at this one. Very rusty. Hello and welcome to Game Studies Review. You might have forgotten what we're called because it's been so long. I would like to point out that this is no fault of my esteemed co-host, Cody, who is amazing and punctual and on top of his job. He's a saint and I have been very distracted. You ghosted me, Alex Lane. I ghosted. <laughs> you hung me out to dry. I like laundry on a sunny day. You know what's busy. worse you have than that? A perfectly valid excuse. This wouldn't be a true academic podcast if we mm-hmm. didn't have mm-hmm. weird months long hiatuses right. that creep in every once in a while. You know what's worse than ghosting you though is you acting as surprised that I kind of flaked on, on it. Well, we I have a we have a long I, history yeah. of projects together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're being very diplomatic. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. I mo- we move. I moved. My family moved. We've had a billion things going on. I'm very excited to be here. We're going to be back regularly scheduled programming. Do you hear me? I'm looking at you in I the eyes. You. I'm pointing. Do you, do you hear yourself, Alex? <laughs> regularly scheduled programming for now. Uh, for for till the at least the end of the semester. We'll see how what summer brings. But I have some. We have an exciting article to talk about tonight, and I have yeah. exciting news. You picked it. So do you want to introduce it? I will, After but I want to say news? this great shout out here about Megna Giant, who Fantastic. Twittered us. Okay, back in August. I've not opened our Twitter because yeah, we've been apologize to the, the audience that we have worked hard to cultivate and uh, who you have have similarly clothes pinned on the line because you run the Twitter and uh, I so, so terrible. people who have who've messaged. Have I'm going we we looked through them today. We yeah. are going to catch up and we have some great uh, mentions and so forth. Um, but this is the nature of unpaid work what are you going to do you know yeah it's yeah, the first hey. thing to get cut when when things get crazy and speaking Absolutely. as parents i think we have particular empathy for people in that situation anyway yeah. she she sent us the nicest message i've ever got in my life i had goosebumps um that she reached out she loved the episode we did she thought it was very thoughtful and so that was back in august and i'm guessing she wouldn't have had the time to send it to us uh here in october because she her her work is blown up. Every article I'm reading in academic game studies is referencing her. I mean, yeah. there's a reason she was invited to speak at Digra, right? She's, uh, yeah. she's got smart stuff to say. No doubt. <laughs> so I'm going to respond to her as soon as we're done recording this. But thank you for reaching out. Um, we, we've got a whole bunch of great, great references and um, and at mentions. I don't know what they're called. Tags. <laughs> on the interwebs, but I'm very excited about that. Uh, okay, so uh, if you are unfamiliar with our podcast and you're like, shut up, get to it, uh, we try to read an academic article on game studies at our leisure and, okay, every two weeks, and uh, review it for you so that you don't have to read them or that you, if we recommend, then you can go read them. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, on our last podcast, we uh, did a great article from a special issue in critical studies and media communication. And it was the intro to the special issue, correct? Yeah. And it set us up to be like, yeah, we're going to, you know, there's, we want to read every single one of these. They're so great. Where do we start? They're awesome. Let's, we, let's dive in. And then we started by me downloading them. 
We I downloaded them. I mean, yeah, read it. Right. I own it, but no, I haven't read it. So uh, we're going to. I, I just decided to go through by the ones I thought sounded interesting, and we're going to talk about Alexandrina Agloros. Another world is possible. Building games for just futures. One sixty five to one seventy two. A shorty, but a goodie. And yeah. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. Am I doing the intro here? Are you doing the intro? We talked a lot before we got started, but it was more we, just catching up. We we did. Um, Give yeah, us the I rundown. <clears throat> so this is an article that is talking about um, game design and in practice uh, and talks about two different examples. One um, and like ARG and one a more kind of traditional game and uh, how they are used to envision and kind of work toward more just futures, as the uh, title talks about. So they are um, two different games. The Resistors, which is an alternate reality game built with young people about social movement history in Providence, Rhode Island. And then, and I apologize in advance, I, I tried to find the pronunciation. I looked it up and um, I'm going to probably still get it wrong, but I, I'm doing my best. Vuku Zenzele, uh, which is a uh, the title of a game that's a collaboration between an interactive media firm and an informal settlement non-government organization in Cape Town, South Africa, which is about reblocking. Um, and so two different um, kind of examples that uh, Agloro says are... Um, you know, useful for kind of creating a powerful framework for empowering communities. And so um, this is, you know, another world is possible. And these are examples of how we can build games for just futures. Yeah, I like the quote um, in the abstract here. I assert the value of game development as a process, the importance of considering collaborations with stakeholders and the challenges and possibilities of intentional game design, which when you take that sounds vanilla like we've been here we've we've talked about intentional game design we've talked about the importance of considering collaboration with stakeholders etc cetera, etc cetera. um but it is much easier to talk about the value of things in the abstract which is not what this article about this is about the actual process um of that altogether so yes um and so the the resistors um, is was as an ARG that was the kind of Providence, Rhode Island history one was very much a um, you know game design as education and like teaching through designing the game and and uh, they made a website they did social media stuff selfie scavenger hunts there was a kind of um, a puzzle at the end a collaborative puzzle and um, it was kind of talking about uh refugees or or emigres uh to rhode island and um their history and this kind of story around a fictional character and how that um, kind of uh has ties to all of these actual historical roots and so that was really interesting and then the vuku zenzele was addressing the kind of uh housing insecurity crisis in uh or housing crisis in south africa and the kind of community um driven settlements that arise out of need and how they are sort of uh ad hoc and lack some kind of 
civic planning and engineering in, in ways that make uh, difficult uh, access for emergency services and sanitation and things like that. And so this game, uh, which translates uh, as wake up and do something for yourself in Zoha, Zosa, uh, is a South African tool-based game experience where residents of informal sediment settlements use a sandbox-style touchscreen to create designs using an aerial layout of their structures to reconfigure their informal settlements. Direct quote from the paper. And so it's this practice of reblocking to see how they could move and kind of, you know, reblock uh, and civically lay out these sort of ad hoc settlements to better facilitate all of these kinds of, of things, predetermined pathways for roads, space for emergency vehicles, infrastructure for municipal services, so on and so forth. And so this was um, done uh, not necessarily as a project for learning, but as a project for the communities to, to use and play. And uh, Agloro has a great section on game designs as, as activism and power and empowerment. And then another one on uh, collaboration is key. Nothing about us without us, which this, the whole time I was reading up until then, you know, it wasn't too long of a wait, but the whole time I'm like, that phrase was echoing around in my head. And I was like, okay, so I want to see how you're talking more about like who's getting represented in this, because one of the things that I was would kind of point to is, as maybe something of a gap, uh, but it's more of a, like a gap in the lit review, but it's not really the kind of paper that warrants a lit review, but I was, I kept waiting to see some mention of participatory design. Uh, Cause that's exactly in the vein of what this is kind of doing. And it was never mentioned. Um, and especially after having attended the, the SIGDOC conference, the special interest group on design of communication and sitting with Luke Tominant, whose article we've reviewed and who's written extensively about participatory design Indeed. that that was on the forefront of my mind. And so as I was reading this, I kept waiting for that to get brought up and it, it never did. But nevertheless, I was happy to see uh, an explicit attention to collaboration and then the um kind of, I think it was from disability justice uh, community. That's right. Yeah. Nothing about us without us. Without so us. it did get attended to, but not with the kinds of language or theory uh, that I expected, which again, that's that's my bag. So that's fine. Talk, talk to us about what you see as the kind of big summaries or your like, you know, initial impressions, Alex. Uh, yeah, so I, I think you did a really good job talking about the contributions and the contributions are many with this article. I, t I totally see why it was included. Um, in, in fact, I, I wish there was an avenue for people doing actual game-based research. This um, harkens back to um, Kat Schreier's book, um, We the People, and she talks about civic uh, based games. I have it like here somewhere. I don't know where it went. Um, civic based games. And she does a lot of work in South African communities um, and, and not specifically about participatory design, but she looks at um, they design games, you know, from the people for the people, etc. Yeah. And uh, looking at like overcoming prejudice and things like that amongst these different groups. And I, I just kept reading through like, Man, people are doing amazing work, exactly like uh, what Agloro's talking about, and I don't see it much in here. Now, I don't fault 
um, her for that necessarily because what path is there to like find those articles? They are hidden in a myriad of journals. And if you don't have access and you don't have money to buy the books and this and that, like you're not gonna find that. But but wouldn't it be great if people who aren't necessarily academic, so Agloro says she's a media artist, community-based <clears throat> researcher. Um, and she's at Arizona State from what I can tell the school for the future of innovation in society uh, is is what's right. under the name uh, the, at, at asu asu so um she said asu but, the, but there's a few other references i i don't necessarily i don't necessarily think that she is a sort of career academic like many of us just you know publish 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 she sounds like she does a lot of community-based work and community-based participatory projects and things like that so i wish Praxis. there was this Praxis. praxis praxis so i wish there was a place where people who are doing this praxis <clears throat> like a game designer who's doing this really cool stuff could go talk about it publish about it etc without having to go through these like myriad of channels and getting these journals um because i think it sort of obfuscates not to three dollar word drop um, but i think it sort of obfuscates the genre a little bit when it's when it's hidden. And I and I think that is very, for me, very much one of the gaps in here is there's amazing work being done that's essentially proving some of the points she's trying to prove, um, but she's going to back to like McGonagall. Like we have gone, gotten so far past McGonagall on, the, that, on this kind of idea. I'd like to see that um, reference more. You wanna more. see more, more recent lit that's doing this kind of work be yeah. mentioned? People are doing it. People are yeah. doing it all over the place. Uh, so that's one of the things. Um, community in serious games, community development, and social justice. I mean, it, she's supposed to be a participatory researcher, and like you got to talk about participatory design. Like people, you know, people are all over doing that, um, and, I, and not just like name drop, but I just I think it would really enhance um, the discussion of the project. And specifically, she's a researcher, or she was a game designer on the Buku Zenzele project, right? Uh, she was a, yeah, helped. She was a, like a consultant and worked with uh, the firm uh, initially and then was like brought in to do more than just external consulting. If I'm, I may be misremembering or mischaracterizing, but it was something like that. It was yes. something like she, that. She had a more direct hand in it. Which is why it was talked about a little bit more in the, in the article. And I, I thought that was really cool, but um, I think it, her, per, her particular experience could have been um, much more interesting if put in the conversation of people who are doing similar work, and there are many. Um, uh, I don't think this addresses, speaking of Magna Giant, I don't think this addresses the concerns that she talks about, games relying on tropes that exploit players of color, talking about colonialist, colonialist tropes in games. There's this incredible narrative happening in game design and this push towards more just game design that this sidesteps, in my opinion. Uh, how so? Because this is right, like the this is how to build games for just futures, um, uh, and you're seeing it sidestep. So I'm I want to stop there and interrogate what what you mean because I think that's really sure. fruitful. Potentially, I'll respond in two parts. Part one: okay. this is seven pages long. Yeah. So necessarily, it's going to it's do not, yeah. part two of my criticism which is that there's no detail. Like, like she keeps saying like, oh, this is for just games. They're talking about community redesign. Well, like Sims does that, 
or SimCity does that, like you design communities and you could say, hey, focus on making sure everybody has equal access in SimCity. But that doesn't make it necessarily a just game or something unique or representative of the people who are designing it. So I, I want like example besides like these very vague sentiments about that the, the game is about social justice. Now, again, that is couched in a seven page article and a ton to get across. So I, I get that there isn't necessarily time to do that. Um, and she's arguing for all these other things like active, you know, game, like she's really very focused in my opinion on the fact that the people who were involved in the research didn't see games as a potential for activism and empowerment and all of these things and social change. Right. And by the end of the process, everybody who was involved in the game was on board with that and they thought it was a great avenue okay but this as a games researcher i'm like yes that's awesome that we you were able to make that progress but like where's the progress in the field of game studies with this like talk about some detail talk about some specifics talk about some some actions that you took that made a big impact or that the designers took something like that was that sufficiently interrogated for you yeah i think that's that's fair um and it speaks to a little bit of of kind of one of my head scratching moments where i got to the end and i was like i don't know what to do with this like yep. and 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 maybe it's because i already knew about the importance of games as activism and empowerment and you know nothing about us without us but yep. like i don't i don't see how these two examples get us something more than what we've you know already even looked at just in this podcast but yeah you know and so it felt like there was a i was waiting for another kind of shoe to drop and yeah for sure and and it never landed and maybe that's coming in a follow-up publication no Again, I, I mean i'm sure i'm sure it will be but i i think that's just a necessary side effect of this being in critical studies and media communication not a game studies journal sure. and i think this is an argument for maybe other media researchers to consider the power of games. So the arguments felt that um, that makes sense. Yeah, the arguments felt a little flat for us because this is all we read about and all we do. Um, yes. So we're like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, now what? <laughs> you know, now what? But, but we, but you know, wasn't, yeah. us. wasn't for us. So um, gaps. Uh, so the other the other thing, and this is a, a something that I particularly found um, I don't know, problematic, I guess. I hate to use that. I really hate to use that word. But because of my, so I'm going to just go all out. I found this problematic because of my particular situatedness as an academic. Um, and it was, it was a sidestep about magic realism. So this, this, these games are um, couched under the term of speculative reality games at the beginning. My master's uh, thesis was about magic realism as a form of alternative rhetoric, you have your eyebrows furrowed that you're like, I totally just walked over speculative realism games. You didn't. No, I accidentally closed out of the the article oh, as I was okay. browsing around. And so um, so magic realism is probably I'll overstate myself the most fascinating genre of literature that has ever existed in the history of humanity. And there's so much like like when she brought this up at the beginning, speculative reality games, I was like, Boom. 
magic realism meets games. Like there's so much subversive power. There's so much like Magna Giant, like anti-colonialism um, stuff going on. The goal and, of the game is to get you to stop playing it kind of stuff. Yes, exactly. Like, there's so much cool stuff going on in magic realism. I was like, oh, my, I cannot wait to read every sentence of this. And there and that was just left alone. So that's like a personal like womp womp. It sounds like that's something really that, that you should, you know, consider like exploring and writing oh, about. Like no, what would magic not. realism in games look like? I, I would I would love for a researcher who has maybe has some... time. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> well, part of it is like it's subversive to white colonialist imperialist majority culture. I'm sure. not the person to write about that. Well, I mean, um, shouldn't leave it all on it. on their shoulders to do that work. Well, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I'll I'll write a blog post about it. How about that? I'll write a blog fair, post. Fair enough. I'll support somebody else doing that. But um, so I was super excited to read about that. So here you go, researchers, go research that. Um, I also uh, back to the detail about the games. Uh, I, I sort of talked about this already, but as far as like the um, the re what is it called? re Reblocker. Re- uh, yeah, the, the reblocking game. Uh, um, Vuku Zenzeli. Vuku Zenzeli. I just wanted if to like... If I say it fast and confident enough, maybe it, it, people will gloss over the fact that, is that the I'm way to do probably it. butchering it. I, I really wanted to know, like, <clears throat> did they consult a subject matter expert? Like, so you have your players redistricting with how they send um, or like rezoning how they send, uh, let's say, an ambulance to a particular you know apartment there's block. a lot of details and mechanics that can you that solve get, that that like get left out well you think this. about like fold it like fold it was amazing because they like the people playing fold it was, was the doing protein real kind of things folding that's game, the hiv right? protein yeah. but that yep. was real like they weren't just screwing around yes. and i and she talks about in the article that she has a problem with buy-in like the people who were playing the games they were, were considering it fun but obviously not fun enough for it to go to the top of their fun list. Right. And they weren't considering it actual work, but like when maybe it's because it was a simulated environment that didn't have realistic outcomes. Like if you could actually solve a crisis in the game, like a water crisis, or for example, the fold it protein issue, people would play it. Even if it wasn't all that fun, it would be real enough that they would want to play it. So like, but I don't want to just simulate and like, oh, do, do, do. Look, I get some points for making the perfect ambulance route through this poor neighborhood that I live in. But it, if it doesn't have any reflection on actual constraints of resources, I don't think anyone's going to really want to play it outside of, and maybe this is the point, which is totally fine with me. The people who are involved in making it are totally into it. They're civic minded. They're aware of the problem. They were part of the process. They feel empowered. All of that's totally great. So if the game design, if the game was all about the people just like being a part of the process to make it awesome. But if the point was to make a game that solves some civic problems, like, could that actually solve any problems? And if not, that's why do people don't want to play? <laughs> well, so one of the things that I was curious to, to read more about and had a, a definite eyebrow raise moment was that so uh the the reblocking game was funded uh by you know um government dollars and as so it ha- came with all of these strings right and there's uh one of those strings was a data collection requirement 
And so very odd, a bit odd. Um, and maybe they not say odd, that, but well, yes. may, yeah. maybe not odd at all and, and very expected. Yeah. The um, so like there's microphones to record play sessions as data about the reblocking process where players could speak freely in their primary languages without information being delayed and simplified through an interpreter or having to communicate in limited English. Okay. But what happens with all that was my question that never gets addressed. Like, uh, Agloro talks about like all of these stipulations about how they had to build this huge kiosk that was too big, that was bigger than any of the doors and was super heavy duty and indestructible and like had custom, you know, mounting, you know, like hardware so that it's not stolen and that these were all like specifications from the, for the funding. It's like, okay to withstand the hardships of township life okay i get it but then you're so you're putting this like huge you know thing in their township and taking data from the people who engage with it their primary like question is like can i make immediate use of this to improve my material means no because it's a tank in the middle of you know some room somewhere um and then so they play it and they are their data is is taken. I don't know if there's any sort of indication about privacy or right whether they're told that they're being recorded. Um, but that, like what happens with that? How does that data get used to improve reblocking? Like that has some implications that definitely made the like surveillance critic in me definitely sit up a little bit straighter and it was not I wrote attended yikes. to in the way that Several I would have liked. Yeah, I, I kept writing yikes. And she, and she doesn't get into this discussion of like a innovative model for nonprofit survival that does not rely on federal grants, philanthropic funding, not just about selling the game itself, blah, 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 blah. Like she goes into like a little bit of discussion with that, but it's pretty skirted. It's pretty skirted. So I... I, I, I go back to the we're questioning whether games can make a difference with complex social issues. She says they can. Um, she talks about how this is scalable to a global level, which I am very unconvinced of. Um, but back to the abstract, I assert the value of game development as a process, the importance of considering collaboration with stakeholders and the challenges and possibilities with game design. I totally buy into that. So that yep. that's the point. I buy it. I think this is this is a um, a nice snapshot for media researchers uh, to look at, you know, how games can inform social justice media projects. Um, but as a game studies scholar, I'm like, I look forward to article number two, Alexandrina Gloro. I am very, very much looking forward to it. I want to I want to read more. Me too. I would like to see follow-ups to to this piece. Well, you look at like Kat Schreier's book. I keep looking over here as if it's magically going to appear over my shoulder, but it's probably <laughs> still in a box somewhere. Um, Kat Schreier's book. I'm like still convinced by just moving up. Okay. Anyway, like that was 400 pages of detail about her project um, in Africa, looking at this kind of participatory game design. And it was, detailed and it was data driven and it was specific and it was absolutely a model and it like just hurts my soul a little bit that like people are going out there doing a very similar project without 
like having you know <laughs> cited or or maybe even heard of that like work? women are busting their asses like paving the way for this kind of work like let's like and it's not even a glorio like i'm sure if i hadn't come across um her book like doing the work that we're doing um i would have you know i would have missed it too but like we're so siloed and, and and this is the side effect of interdisciplinary work is you read inside your own discipline and you miss other things you know yeah so i i just wish we had a better you know maybe i'll buy out game studies.org that's dot <laughs> org right maybe i'll buy that out and is make it, a hub is it for sale aren't we all for sale really i'm not, I'm not for sale cody i'm not for sale okay I'm gonna buy out gamestudies.org. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a game design in action tab up there and they can have, people can share resources. You have more capital than I to yeah. to bandy about such claims, Alex Lane. What is the bottom line for Agloro's building games for just futures? I definitely think it's what I just said. If you're a media researcher interested in what games has to offer have to offer in um sp you know, specific situations for marginalized communities, boom. This gives you great one-liners, great backing for that. Um, for game studies researchers, I would not count uh, Agloro out. I imagine doing this project gave her a wealth of information that will be forthcoming. Um, and I look for one, look forward to reading about it. Well said. Thank you. And I'm so glad to be back. Good to be back, Alex. Twitter us in, is that how you say it? Twitter us? Twitter us in. Tweet at us. Twitter us in two weeks once we caught up on all our mentions. <laughs> but thanks for sticking with us. And and again, uh, Cody is a gentleman, a scholar, and a star. I, I'm uh, I'm fully responsible for our hiatus and uh, and super excited to be back. It's good it's to see good your to face again. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to be seen. <laughs> all right. Bye, everybody. Game Bye. on. Bye.